Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I'm your host, Sean Morgan. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda like we always do. We're going to be talking to Dr. Kirk Elliott about, he's going to give us some insight into the latest economic news, this global financial collapse that's occurring before our eyes. We're also going to talk to Josh Reed of the Red Pill Project about the breaking news. I'm going to cover it all in a monologue. We're living through historic times, so stay with us. Well, Dr. Kirk Elliott is a PhD economist and founder of Kirk Elliott Private Advisors. He's always researching the latest trends in finance and geopolitics. Welcome to the show, Kirk. How are you doing? Oh, great. It's so good to be with you. Yes, absolutely. I, I really look forward to these updates because it's hard to make sense of the madness in the financial world. For example, it seems like stocks, uh, you know, they want to go up a lot, <laughs> despite the fact that all the news is bad. Maybe you can talk to us about the Fed rate hikes and what the expectations are for the future. Well, you know, what the expectations are is, is not good for the stock market, which is why probably when you see ups like this, like what we've seen a couple of days, whenever you see like the swing that we had the other day, it was like minus 400 and then it closed like up 500 or it was up 500 and down 400, right? I mean, those are violent swings. Those are like 800 point swings in one day. That generally tells us that we're looking at it generally, if it's going up, if it starts down and goes up, that's like plunge protection team or stimulus money coming in. It's generally not people who move the markets that quick, right? And and a lot of times when it's going up a lot, it's it's just simply just profit taking. Some of the big hedge funds, the big banks, the big firms are just locking in profits, knowing full well that it's going to pop down. But when the fundamentals are strong behind it, it's going to keep going up. And so, but the fundamentals are not strong behind the stock market right now. In fact, it's the opposite. The fundamentals are so weak that it just doesn't look good moving forward because that's what interest rates do. When interest rates raise the cost of borrowing and people are going to spend less, um, that's that's problematic for, for pretty much the stock market and for all Americans because the Fed actually announced six to seven rate hikes, right? But, but, Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase, they're all expecting nine to 10 out of this. So I, I think the, the short, medium, and into the longer term future for the stock market simply doesn't look good. It, it just doesn't look good. And when interest rates go up, the value of bonds comes down. So the bond market doesn't look good for, for a while either, right? And so you couple that with inflationary pressures, you couple that with with the stuff that's going on in Russia and Ukraine, and all of this is, is bad news. But what we have to remember is this month, or so over the next three or four days, <clears throat> is the first of the um, bond payment misses that Evergrande is going to have, right? It's no longer just interest-only payments, it's the principal reduction. They've got one in March and they've got one in April, where the one in March happens like this week sometimes. So I expect the, the wheels of the economy start to fall off later this month and moving into the spring and the summer. Wow, that's big, especially if you have Russia also missing some of these payments because their uh, FX reserves have been frozen. 
and so forth. The big possibility of debt contagion from both sides, I guess, Russia and China. Um, what are your thoughts about the lockdowns in China, the supply chain constraints, the fact that you've got truckers all over North America protesting? Uh, what is your What are your comments on supply chain issues moving forward with like the the, the fertilizer issue coming from uh, Russia and Ukraine, the, the the food shortages? You know, let's just talk about the economy as a functional machine. Is it going to be able to keep functioning? No, I, I don't think that it's really going to very well. I mean, those those are real disruptions, right? When you have real disruptions, it's going to make a real impact in people's lives. The fertilizer thing is a big deal. I mean, for the I mean, we get most of our fertilizer um, from from Russian sources, right? So, so that's a problem for all of our um, farmers going into the spring when they have to fertilize and and keep the crops growing, right? So, I think food shortages and and cost of food is is going to go through the roof here um in this spring and summer but you have to remember remember the arab spring you know a, a while back that was all food shortages that, that actually caused that it was hunger and are we looking at a kind of a perpetual arab spring you know moving forward into this spring and summer it's very possible because we're going to have food shortages through Northern Africa, Central Africa, um, the Central Asian countries, because uh, the longer this thing goes on with Russia and Ukraine, the, the more exports are not going to be out. And they have a lot of food exports, right? I mean, this is this is a problem. And, and there's going to be more and more sanctions that, that Biden is putting putting on Russia. For example, the Senate met last week to basically confiscate their gold hoard, which is one hundred and forty billion dollars. Right. So. So this is this is kind of bonkers type activity that's really going to have geopolitical and political ramifications. But I, I want to talk about that the gold real quick because I've been seeing over the last two days I've, I've gotten so many calls from people who are saying, "Kirk, they're, they're, I've, I've heard stories they're going to revalue gold and and it's going to go back to 1971 or 1950 levels as it starts to back a currency." It's like, no, it's not. You, you can't back a currency with, with $42 gold. It doesn't even make sense. That would be like backing the currency with silver. It, there's just, it's just not valuable enough. And so every central bank around the world values gold at, they mark to the market, which means it's at the price that it's valued at, which is the only way that it makes sense when you're trying to back a growing currency base. So I don't know where some of these stories are coming from that says, yeah, hey, this doesn't make much to sense bank. to me, Kirk. If, it if makes, anyone, it makes any major, if, right, if any, any major economies goes to gold backed, they automatically become the safe haven. It also kind of right. becomes an automatic standard. Then everyone tries to match it. Everyone tries to get as much gold reserves as they can in their own central bank. And then people themselves see that gold is the standard and they try to acquire gold. So then you have scarcity, which causes the price to go up. So uh, in that case, it's a distinct possibility. I've never seen a possibility of a gold-backed currency in my lifetime. You know, It's not something that was even on the table. But now with the death of the petrodollar and this, this whole division between the West and this other economic bloc, it is a distinct possibility, isn't it? Well, it's it's. I think it's more than a distinct possibility. I think it's it's a game changing type possibility. If if the Fed doesn't revalue gold, there's no way that they can keep up with with Europe and the European Central Bank, 
which which values their gold at, at normal market prices. So here's the thing. It, the Fed has over 13 and a half million ounces of gold right now, valued at $42.02 is how they value it, which is 1950s type numbers. Well, that's $567 billion worth of gold. If they were market to the market, the assets on their balance sheet would be $27 trillion worth of gold at $2,000 gold. What about when gold goes to 4,000? Well, then it's worth what? 54 trillion. What if it goes to 6,000? Well, now you're looking at 80 trillion, right? So why not market to the market? Here's the thing. Revaluing gold now makes the, the potential for all the stories you've been hearing about Nassara Jassara absolutely a, an ultimate reality. You could pay off the entire national debt with just the gold hoard that, that the Fed has when they value it at current market prices. And so I just kind of want to squash some of the stories that are coming out now that, that makes absolutely zero sense that any central bank would want to value gold at $42 in 1971 or 1950 prices, because when there's high demand, nobody wants to to have a static amount that means absolutely nothing when the rest of the central banks around the globe are all marking to the market. It just puts us behind the eight ball. So I think gold is going to absolutely soar and go through the roof as you start to back currencies with it. Right. And there is somewhat of a precedent, you know, 1933, Roosevelt confiscating Americans gold, revaluing gold to be more expensive, not less expensive. Uh, so, right. yeah, it, it could happen again. And I think anyone who actually held on to their gold and refused to give it over to the government because they were collectible coins or whatever, they actually did quite well with the revaluation. Well, thank you 100%. for joining us, Dr. Kirk Elliott. I want you to make sure you update us next week as well, because things are changing so fast. We, we need the information as soon as we can. Thanks for joining us, Kirk. You bet. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. When we get back, we're going to give you a breaking news update, and then we'll be joined by Josh Reed of the Red Pill Project. Hello, everyone. This is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Family, finances, faith, and freedom are four things that most of us would do almost anything to protect. At American Media Periscope, we trust the team at Sovereign Advisors with financial advice. With over 27 years of experience, a team that believes in people over profit and shares our views that family, finances, faith, and freedom need to be protected can help you protect your finances from erosion due to governmental policies that are out of our control. What is in our control? Our own decision to act or to not act. At American Media Periscope, we encourage you to act. Action changes things. Call Sovereign Advisors today, ask for Dr. Kirk Elliott, and start working with a team that will help you protect your retirement assets while sharing your desire to protect family, faith, and freedom. Call them today at 720-605-3900 and tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Remember, freedom, it's up to us. Welcome back to Making Sense of the Madness. This is a breaking news update. So Dr. Robert Malone, esteemed medical professional, recently did an interview where he said that this whole COVID scandemic has basically been a skirmish in an ultimately longer war on our rights. Let's take a look. We're far from being over the real challenge. The, the COVID is, I think, just a skirmish. We have a much bigger problem, in my opinion, 
and, and it has to do with this rising totalitarianism. Your own governor, Gavin Newsom, I don't know if you know, is trained by the World Economic Forum. So is Governor Inslee in Washington. Um, so is Pete Buttigieg. So is um, Justin Trudeau. So is his finance minister. So is the prime minister of New Zealand. So is Macron in France. Um, the, the list is enormous. And they are, it's not just in politics. They're in banking. They're all over in tech. Um, and they have a clear agenda, which is not aligned with the U.S. Constitution. They're, those folks are invested in a, in a worldview that believes that the nation state is obsolete. And they are actively trying to advance the cause of a one world government that will supplant national governments. And so do we have enough people that are aware of this? No. Um, that's the big battle. You know, it's, I really, I really do feel that this COVID situation is just a skirmish. And the bigger battle is against censorship and control and a growing global totalitarianism. Absolutely, Dr. Robert Malone with some great insight there about what the real battle is all about. Well, there's new news here that there's a new variant detected in Europe called Deltacron. And the fully vaccinated people with three shots now are going to need a fourth. And I think we understand the formula now is that every six months, you're going to need a new booster shot for the rest of your life. This is never going to end until we say it ends. And the one thing the unvaccinated have in common with the vaccinated is that neither one will ever be truly fully vaccinated. Well, Ukraine, little, not a very well-known fact, Ukraine already has a social credit system. Yes, a country that's extremely poor as far as per capita income. Uh, they have quite a few incentives for people to get vaccinated, including cash uh, incentives. And they have an app where they track everything about your health and your all kinds of information about your criminal history. It's just very, very comprehensive, very similar to the Chinese social credit system. Let's take a look at the, the next article, which describes in, in Ukraine this social credit system. Very interesting that Ukraine, supposedly this last bastion of democracy in Eastern Europe that's being attacked by Russia, which is painted as the dictatorship uh, it turns out that it's really the other way around. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But interesting that one of the goals of the globalists is universal basic income. They want to have a centrally controlled economy where they determine how much money you're going to get and uh, control it through a central bank cryptocurrency. And Canada has a proposed bill to guarantee a certain amount of income, very much like communism, it is on the books right now in Canada as a proposed bill, and it is called Bill C-273. You can look it up yourself. In Arizona, the Secretary of State is facing a Class 6 felony for violating election law. This is very, very relevant to the 2022 midterms. She's shutting down a database to keep other candidates from collecting signatures. It doesn't affect her governor's race that she's running for. It just affects everybody else. 
And A.G. Bronovich from uh, the Arizona State AG is saying that citizens have the ability to file complaints and it could result in her getting a felony conviction. Also in the news, Trump's political action committee called Save America, they raised $3.5 million in February and they now have $110 million in cash, which is more than the Democrats, the Republicans, and everybody combined, So and the Biden campaign. So this is how much support Trump really has. He's sitting on a war chest. He's not giving up. He's not out of the game. In fact, he's leading. Well, going back to the subject of Ukraine actually being uh, very much the opposite of democracy, let's take a look at this clip from Tucker Carlson. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, one upside of the very sad war in Ukraine is the national conversation underway in this country about freedom and democracy. Those are words on everyone's lips. And so it set us off on a nationwide search for Americans who are living as if this were a free country, like it was, say, 1989. And one of the first people we found, we have to tell you, is Kid Rock. We spent the weekend with him. We've got an interview with him in just a moment. But first time, what exactly is democracy? Well, pluralism is the hallmark of it. In a democracy, citizens can have any opinion they want to have. They can express any opinion they want in public whenever they care to express it, including through mass media. If citizens are dissatisfied with their political leadership, they can challenge their leaders for office. Now, all of these things are true in every free country in any period, always. These are not just features of democracy. These are prerequisites for democracy. So with that in mind, you should know about a political party in Ukraine called Opposition Platform for Life. With 43 seats in parliament, it is the largest opposition party in that country. Over the weekend, the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, banned that party. Opposition Platform for Life is now prohibited from, quote, all activity within Ukraine. So with a single command, Zelensky made it impossible for anybody to run against him for president. He did this not just to Opposition Platform for Life, but to 10 other political parties that he believed were insufficiently loyal to him. They're all illegal now. Obviously, there's a war underway in Ukraine, and on that basis, Zelensky has declared martial law. But we must tell you, there is no evidence that the opposition parties he banned were aiding Russia in its war against Ukraine. Opposition Platform for Life, for example, denounced the Russian invasion the moment it happened, just like everybody else. But Zelensky took the opportunity to turn Ukraine into effectively a one-party state, which it now is. So having banned all opposition, he then seized control of the country's media outlets. Zelensky signed a decree that combines all national television channels into a single platform that he controls. He described this as a, quote, unified information policy, and it certainly is unified. So if all of these details seem shocking to you, if this is not the Zelensky you've heard about on the Today Show, then you may not have been paying attention to Ukraine. Zelensky has been solidifying complete control over Ukraine for a long time, since long before the Russian invasion and the war. Last year, he had his main political opponent arrested and his assets seized by the state. At the same time, Zelensky shut down. Wow, unbelievable what's going on in Ukraine. This guy, Zelensky, that the Democrats and the rhinos are hailing as the modern Churchill is actually a modern dictator. Well, the White House is warning that U.S. businesses are an imminent threat of a cyber attack from Russia, of course, the normal scapegoat. Let's listen to what the White House uh, had to say about this. 
urging private sector partners to take immediate action to shore up their defenses against potential cyber attacks. We've previously warned about the potential for Russia to conduct cyber attacks against the United States, including as a, as a response to the unprecedented economic costs that the U.S. and allies and partners impose in response to Russia's further invasion of Ukraine. Today, we are reiterating those warnings, and we're doing so based on evolving threat intelligence that the Russian government is exploring options for potential cyber attacks on critical infrastructure in the United States. Very interesting that this irregular warfare that's been going on for years, it looks like it's going to go really mainstream uh, and we might have some cyber attacks, but will they really be from Russia? I don't know. Let's take a look at this tweet from Space Force, where they had to say that if our Space Force satellites stopped working, you wouldn't be able to pull money out of ATMs. Talk about a major bag alert. So while you're cashing in those winnings from March Madness bets, think of us. So this is reminiscent of a Q drop. We're going to talk to Josh Reed about that later in the broadcast. Trump is saying that millions of people could die in the conflict in Ukraine, which is a big number, a lot bigger than the people that are dying now. And he's saying that Xi, President Xi of China, is threatening Biden. He's demanding a release of their phone call together. Let's take a listen. You can't let this tragedy continue. You okay. can't let these, these thousands of people die. It's going to be hundreds of thousands and maybe millions of people by the time it ends. Well, let, let me turn to China. China has a deal with Russia. They'll help each other during this war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, President Biden held this two-hour phone call with Xi Jinping. We haven't got a transcript. We don't know what threats were on the table, but we presume... I think I do. Oh, I go think ahead. Tell us. We were threatened by China. You know, I heard that he said, you know, he read a line that they gave to him about the repercussions. He read, they gave him a line and he read it. She's very smart. Okay. I dealt with all of them. I know them all. I know them better than I know you, Stuart. And I know you and I like you. And I congratulate you on the success of your show because people love Thank your you. show and they love you. But I know them better than I know you. And when they read a line, he doesn't exactly get phased. He doesn't read lines. He gives lines. And I believe strongly that he made a threat actually to Biden. And that wasn't reported. So we should get a tape of the call, just like we did with my perfect call to the president of Ukraine, which is the reason I like him so much, one reason. And now he's proven to be because he stood up for me with that call. He said Trump did nothing wrong. He didn't threaten me. He didn't threaten me. He could have gone the other way, could have gone woke like guys like Bill do Barr do. Trump really uh, giving us some interesting details there, saying that Biden is just following orders from some puppet master, but she doesn't do that. She is a puppet master. So uh, I'm very interested to see if there will be a transcript released of that phone call. Well, the president of El Salvador has said that the United States is falling fast, and there's only one way that's possible. It's enemies from within. Very strong statement from a head of state. And in Brazil, they banned Telegram because the right-wing Bolsonaro president is using it for his re-election campaign. But quickly later, two days later, they lifted that ban on Telegram in Brazil. 
Well, billionaire-owned news outlet Bloomberg says that Americans should cope with soaring inflation by eating lentils instead of meat and saving on vet bills by letting their pets die. Just take a look right beside me of this tweet that they put out. Uh, talk about a lack of empathy for people who make less than 300000 I wonder if they think they're actually uh, you know, winning over more audience with this type of opinion piece. But it just shows how the globalists feel about the peasant class. Uh, they have no empathy whatsoever for us. And in fact, they want us to give up what little we still have. And the CDC says it accidentally inflated children's COVID death numbers in a coding logic error. And it's weird how all of these errors that happen in the CDC always fall one way by reducing the number of deaths and injuries that we thought we had. Well, the last uh, bit of news for today is kind of funny. McDonald's is closing around a thousand restaurants in, in Russia. And so Russia is doing something interesting as a response. They're turning the McDonald's sign by 90 degrees, calling it Uncle Vanya's, and they're selling Russian-made hamburgers instead of American hamburgers. And uh, they're just going to take over all thousand restaurants. So it looks like whatever we throw at Russia, as far as economic san sanctions, they are able to innovatively deal with it and prosper as a result. Maybe we should switch our plans for Russia. I don't know. That's it for the breaking news update. We're going to talk to Josh Reed of the Red Pill Project. He's going to give his insight on this irregular warfare that's unfolding before our eyes as soon as we get back. Helping their customers achieve global connectivity is the driving force behind this brand story. Satellite phones from Whenever Communications provide voice, SMS, and data services without the need for cellular network. So travel with confidence, knowing you're covered absolutely anywhere on Earth. Satellite communications uh, for me started after a disaster that happened in Indonesia. At the time I was in communications, but more of on a local cellular communications. We started looking for different alternatives uh, to stay connected. Cell towers go down, landlines are no longer available and we came across technology of satellite communications, uh, everything from voice to data. We give people the ability to communicate wherever they want to go, whether it's just helping somebody work remotely or stay safe or feel safe if they're going offshore or have more redundancy for their business. So being able to give people that communications and reliability is really joy mine. Visit privatesatphone.com today for a free satellite phone with the purchase of a monthly service plan. Welcome back to Making Sense of the Madness. We're here with Josh Reed, a veteran who served just under 10 years in the U.S. Navy, witnessing firsthand the horrors of human trafficking. He's been an investigator for over 20 years in the unfolding global conspiracy. He's the host of the Daily Dose podcast. Welcome to the show, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing well. So what jumped off the page for you in that monologue? I know it was a lot of stuff to, to digest. 
Uh, well, there's a lot of things, you know, the, the Canada thing in the UBI and what's going on there. We're, we're seeing the implementation of the World Economics Forum's wet dream coming to, to reality right now. Uh, we, we talked about Ukraine doing the same thing. They're implementing social credit scores, a social credit score system. You have Canada introducing UBI. You have Russia, which this was a shock to me when I started looking at this, you know, making these trade negotiation deals with Middle Eastern con countries. Iran, Pakistan, India, as well as Saudi Arabia, UAE, and then also backing that by China through China's economic system. Now, this is interesting because the World Economic Forum actually wrote an article back in 2019 titled The New Silk Road. The New Silk Road was an investment within this kind of Indo-Asian infrastructure within that whole area, basically connecting the exact routes that we see making being made through these trade deals. And so I, I looked into this heavily and I started to see kind of how this would be propositioned through various playbooks, how the Ukraine crisis, if it was anticipated by the globalists, by these elitists, which obviously it would have been, um, what they would need to do to basically limit Vladimir Putin's options um, in, in his financial status. And basically, I think what they did is they set the trap knowing that if Putin did what they knew he had to do, that they could utilize that to their advantage, not let one good crisis go to waste and begin the implementation of their new Silk Road, which basically is this whole new economic platform that basically collapses and debases the United States dollar, removes the petrodollar from the world reserve currency, as well as starts the isolationist perspective on the American economy in the sense of imports and exports. And as you know, with Russia being one of the top fertilizer producers in the world for exports. Uh, we just had saw Canada. There's over 3,000 rail workers that just went on strike, halting the fertilizer imports into the United States. Then we have Russia basically saying, we're not giving the United States any exports of wheat, of rye, of barley, of, of, of oil. Um, you also have fertilizer. You know, these supply chain um, impedances, They'll show up two, three, six months down the road. You're not going to see that immediately. Sean, I just went to fill up gas this last week, and there was a big sign at the 7-Eleven saying gas will not be available on Saturday and Sunday due to supply chain shortages. And we always thought that it was just going to see a price increase, the inflationary increase. No, no, no. You're going to see shortages, mass shortages. If people were around back in the 70s, they remember these long lines, miles long to get gasoline. That is what we are in store for coming this summer. This supply chain shortage is going to hit very, very hard. And this has been done in the sense of irregular warfare against the United States because Ultimately, we know they have to remove the status of the United States as this global superpower, as this beacon of freedom around the world in order to implement their next stage of the Great Reset of Agenda 2030 of this global totalitarian state. And so we're seeing this unfold, even though we have actors or people operating like Putin and Xi, who I believe are rogue from the globalist. But I think they're not necessarily rogue from the globalists in the sense that you have multiple heads of the Hydra. They all want power and control. So they're all going to make their moves to retain power and control. But it all formulates around the same ideology, the same system that's going to be implemented in the end. And even though Russia is doing something that we look and perceive as good in the sense of going after Ukraine, which is the keystone, which is the heart of human trafficking, the heart of money laundering, the bio labs, the nuclear plants, all this stuff, you know, they also are propagating the agenda of the globalists 
as well. So there's a lot more work to be done here for what's happening, but we're seeing the World Economic Forum's dream come true right now. It is being birthed all throughout the world as well as implemented here in the United States of America. I couldn't believe how advanced the, um, the application was in Ukraine of the social credit system because Ukraine's a very, very poor country. You know, I just couldn't believe that they had the resources to put that together because I thought only uh, a rich country could do that. But apparently they, they take all the money from the poor and then they put it into these types of programs. And, and shocking to see Canada, you know, a capitalist country uh, with this proposal for UBI, universal basic income, basically turning it into a communist state where everyone gets direct payments directly from the government. And that's what people become dependent on is that uh, that government relationship instead of creating value as entrepreneurs or what have you. Uh, so what's confusing to me is if the World Economic Forum is really believing in this new Silk Road, but China goes rogue, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and Russia and China seem to be on the same page here right now. Uh, you know, how could this play out? Because it seems like the deep state uh, needs China for, for its plans. And if China rejects them, you've got uh, really a world war on your hands, don't you? You have got two power centers in conflict. Well, so you got to remember, you have fifth columns active in every single one of these countries. You know, Xi is not innocent himself as a member of the Li family, as well as having a fifth column operating in China. He just doesn't want to see himself stabbed in the back after all this transpires and his people basically led to the slaughter like the majority of the people in the world are going to be. And so he's one of the parts of this Hydra. He's gone rogue against the globalists and their grand agenda, but he knew that their grand agenda was very, very similar to World War II. Uh, with the Nazis to where they would have complete totalitarian control and that governments of the world would basically be rendered useless. And so I think Putin and Xi and Trump and, and Saudi Arabia, they all knew this. And I think they came to an agreement that you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And let's, uh, let's disturb this world order long enough to, uh, to basically allow the people to realize the truth and ultimately let the people decide how this all unravels. And I think that's kind of where we're headed. Now, you just talked about Ukraine in this app, Sean. See, Ukraine didn't build the app. The app has been around for a very long time. Maybe Dr. Harari from the World Economic Forum is the one that built it. But, you know, the United Kingdom actually has a very similar app that they built for vaccine passports. And if you remember the extrapolation and the future developments of this app, it all implemented into various degrees of the social credit score. The United States, the state of Colorado, each state is building their own vaccine um, uh, passport tracking app. And in these, in the long structure of how they're going to be in the development in the uh, long exposure of this is implementation of social credit scores of going into your social media and contact tracing and all these various aspects. I was talking about it last night and I've been saying this for a while. One of the main reasons that people wore masks over the last two years had nothing to do with your health, but instead the train, the artificial intelligence surveillance system that has been implemented over the last 10 years in an infrastructure. These things for the longest time have been tracking your every movement and utilizing facial recognition software to identify you, just like they did in Canada. Now, here's the thing in Canada. A lot of those people were in masks. How do they identify them? Well, it was the test for this new artificial intelligence system. See, what they did, Sean, 
is they were able to identify and create a large database of artificial intelligence through the artificial intelligence system of facial recognitions of a lots of different citizens around the world. Now, what they did is they covered that face by 50% and allowed this AI to go in there and try to determine if they could find and identify those people specifically upon 50% coverage of their face. Now, one of the ways that they utilized to validate those results was contact tracing. Utilizing the contract tracing software in the phones, they can connect that 50% uh, perspective of the face that the artificial intelligence system is actually creating and then attach that to contact tracing. And now what they'll do is they'll upload that directly to your social credit system profile as well as all your social media accounts and so forth. Now, here in the United States of America, I want people to understand that we are in for a massive storm here in the United States of America. Sean, there's one thing I wanted to talk about here, and this is nobody else is talking about this. I'm the only one. Um, I broke this on another show the other day. I've been breaking this on my show all week. But in that $1.5 trillion spending bill, I want people to understand how critical this is. There was a provision in there. Okay, and it's uh, I, I have it pulled up. I just want to grab it real quick. For some reason, it disappeared. There it is. Well, while, it, while you're grabbing it, I, yeah, I wanted to comment yeah. real quick, Josh, about the, the the AI being trained to recognize people with facial covering. Because what came to my mind is when I tried to get an Uber, and they said you need to put because uh, I I didn't wear a mask, and the Uber driver reported me. They said you need to put a mask on your face and, and do a selfie and prove to us that you have a mask on. And so I thought, well, there's a couple different reasons why they would do that. You know, one reason would be the same reason why Twitter wants you to, to delete, to manually delete the tweet that they thought, you know, violated their guidelines. It's not because they don't have the technical capabilities to delete it, right? It's to shame you. It's for you to, to comply, to bend the knee. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, but now that you mentioned the idea of artificial intelligence being trained I'm seeing how helpful it would be for them to have a, a very close up, high quality, high resolution photograph of yourself masked and being able to, to combine that and mesh that with their database of your, your other facial recognition. Because if people who have been on Facebook the last few years, you upload a photo on Facebook and the AI recognizes everyone who's in the, in the photo automatically. That's right. Like, isn't that yeah. creepy? It's not creepy. It's it's scary. And it's a um, a precedent that is being set for what comes next here in the United States of America. Sean, they've been trying to get our guns for a very, very long time. They uh, they they propose many different things. They've attacked the NRA. They have attacked Gun Owners of America. They've attacked multiple other organizations. They've attacked the gun manufacturers, the, the bullet manufacturers. But now they've definitely taken and made a strike. And Republicans actually voted for this bill. Now, if you remember a few weeks ago or last year, you had the DHS memo, which basically uh, Attorney General Garland put out the FBI memo, basically targeting parents at these parent-teacher conferences with the school boards. Now, this was a big fiasco. We know that A.G. Garland was complicit because his son-in-law obviously is uh, owner of a company that has government contracts to produce critical girl race theory, as well as sexual um, types of publications for children through the Department of Education. So there, there was obviously a quid pro quo there with A.G. Garland, but they were basically investigating parents who went after these school board members, which was fully within their First Amendment rights. Now, the DHS has come out with other documents after 
after this. More recently is the Department of Homeland Security has basically created a domestic terrorism task force to start looking into people spreading propaganda, disinformation and misinformation on COVID-19, on vaccines, on the 2020 election fraud, as well as now added in there Russian propaganda. And this doesn't mean that it's people that actually lead the violence or anything like that. It's just people they claim that are against the official narrative. UK just recently passed a bill um, in the United Kingdom that anybody who basically goes against the official narrative with propaganda will be charged criminally, even if that official narrative changes and they were shown correct. So this is a scary precedent that they're setting. Now, in this $1.5 trillion spending bill, Sean, Everybody needs to go to section 1101. This is 1101, and you're going to see the NICS Denial Notification Act of 2022. This is some scary stuff. This was originally proposed in a bill back in 2018, which was declined by Senate. It was, uh, uh, was, I forgot, it was the VOWA bill. And now what happened is, is they just tucked this in there in like 2,333rd page of this 3,000 plus bill, Okay. And this is what it does. So you have the NICS system that basically, if you ever go purchase a firearm, you have to go and get an NICS background check. And this goes to the ATF and goes to the FBI and they check to see if you have felonies or if you have any history of mental illness or violent crimes, domestic violence. Usually it takes about an hour to two hours for these checks to come back. And you know, the majority of the time they come back and you just walk away on your own. 27% of all of these NICS checks, this, these stats are from the Gun Owners of America, 27% of all of these statistics that come out from this NICS denial system are denied. That means that 27% of everybody who goes and applies for a, jo- a gun are denied. Here's a scary thing. 99% of all those denials are false positives. That is scary. 1% out of that 27% are actually people who do yeah. not um, have the, the They're trying right. to deny the constitutional right to one-third of Americans. Well, no, th- th- this is already being done. So 27% of the people who go to buy a gun yeah. right now, 99% <laughs> well, already one-third of Americans can't get a gun even though they, they, they constitutionally have every right well, to Well, they, they usually go open an investigation and they get that right back. Now, here's the problem, Sean. Under this bill that was just passed last week, passed by Democrats and conservatives, okay, whenever a denial comes in, remember I just told you there's denials or 99% false positives. Whenever a denial comes in, an immediate investigation is opened up on that person and sent to local authorities as well as the ATF, giving local authorities and lawyers the federal authority to investigate that person and determine if that denial was right or wrong, which means that. They are going to go out there and compile a database upon you, which they already have. You got to remember this DHS document, how they're looking at people like you, me, gun owners, everybody else. They're going to go into your social media. This is social credit score. They're going to check your social media posts, your telegram posts. They're going to see what you're subscribed to, where you're spending your money at, what alternative media you're watching. What are your posts referencing? Referencing voter fraud, anything of this nature, which are now associated through the Department of Homeland Security with domestic terrorism. And see what they're doing here is now people are going to go in there and go to purchase a firearm. They're going to get flagged by a false positive through the NICS system. They're going to have an open investigation into them. And now they're going to fall under red flag gun laws. Once they become denied, the investigation is open and they go check their social media. They go to their house and they see a Trump flag. 
it's over for these people and they're going to begin to take their guns away in the middle of the night, 5 a.m., raiding their house. Neighbors aren't going to help you out. And this is what I've been saying for a long time that was coming. And this was one Trojan horse that was just put into this bill that is scarier than anything. And if you are a gun-loving American, a Second Amendment-supporting American, you need to get on the horn with your congressman, your senator, your representatives right now, your state representatives first and foremost, and secondly, your sheriff, because your sheriff is ultimately the law of the land, can stop federal authority from coming into your county. So this is this is unprecedented. This was actually passed and people voted for this and nobody is screaming about it. This is uh, important, so important for Americans to know about because they've already shown their playbook, right? We saw what they did with January 6th. Anyone who was even remotely near Washington, D.C. or on social media talking about Washington, D.C. Uh, was investigated. The, these pre-dawn raids, you know, terrorizing families. And so we've seen what they've done to those people. And they're going to do the exact same thing to anyone who tries to get a firearm because those denials are, are bogus already, right? So they're just, they just need an excuse to, to launch a bogus investigation. And then they're going to go on a fishing expedition, try to find something else wrong. Like, hey, when we, when we go in your house, are we going to find some marijuana? Or uh, it, it could be, you know, well, we looked at your social media posts and we found something that we interpret as inciting violence or something like that. So they're going to fish for something that they can try to pin on you, right? That's right. And Sean, fortunately for me, I went fishing last year and lost all my guns. And so I don't have to really worry about anything. Those guns are long gone in that fishing accident. But, you know, for everybody else out there who hasn't gone fishing and lost their guns yet, I recommend that you go on that boat and you lose your guns through that fishing accident, if you know what I'm talking about, because they are definitely targeting conservatives and targeting anybody who is perpetuating this agenda or not this agenda, but this notion that the 2020 election was stolen. COVID is bad, a bioweapon. The vaccine's a bioweapon. And that Russia and Ukraine is a bunch of disinformation. There's actually no war going on in Ukraine, as we've seen. You know, I think we mentioned it before. I was mentioning it on Scott Bennett's show the other day that you have 70 million cell phones in Ukraine. And I've asked my viewers, I've asked people out there, show me one legitimate piece of cell phone video of an actual attack happening in Ukraine. Airstrike, um, planes shooting each other down, uh, planes bombing or missiling buildings, um, actually, uh, you know, combat, people shooting at each other. You can't find it. There is none. But if you go back to Iraq and Afghanistan, which is a third world country and half the amount of cell phones, you see video all over the place of exactly those things. You're not seeing it in Ukraine because there really is no war going on. All these skirmishes that are coming about, all the bombings, all the people getting killed, the journalist that was just killed, the Fox News journalist was killed by Ukrainian soldiers. Uh, TikToker was just arrested yesterday for posting a video of Ukrainian military vehicles outside of a mall that an hour later was reportedly bombed by Russians. This is the Azov, the Nazi battalions in Ukraine actually going out there and perpetuating this against their own people and blaming it on Russia. Because NATO, the deep state, the cabal, they want to take NATO, uh, Russia out of the picture. They want to remove Russia. But Russia's got other plans for them. I don't know what they are. I don't support Putin. I support the Russian people. I support the Ukrainian people. I don't su support the politicians or administrations or the military. But there's something massive happening on this planet right now. It is the great awakening, Sean. The world is waking up. The whole world is watching. Everything is unfolding. You just talked to Dr. Kirk Ellett. We have the inbound global financial collapse. I mean, what an amazing time to be alive, right? 
You know, very interesting. It is an amazing time to be alive. And, you know, we're, that's what this show is all about, just trying to make sense of all, all of the craziness. Uh, but, you know, very interesting what you said about not having a lot of cell phone evidence, just on the ground footage, uh, as you have had in, in third world countries like, like Iraq. So I want to break that down a little bit with you. Uh, you know, there was the story of the, the pregnant woman at the maternity hospital and, and the Russian uh, government said, you know, this is totally fake. This woman is an influencer on YouTube uh, or social media or whatever. And she played two pregnant women in this. This was shot by a known propagandist. This was not captured by someone on the ground who was experiencing this firsthand. So it seems like Russia is giving us some hints here that uh, a lot of this footage, including, you know, Sean Penn, of all people, shooting a movie on the, on the ground there, um, you know, that a lot of this is, is straight out of Wag the Dog. If you ever saw that movie from the 90s about, uh, about the CIA or whatever, working in conjunction with CNN and stuff to create a narrative that's totally fake, you know, where, where you see uh, s some woman with a headdress crying with a bandage and and you think, wow, she's a refugee from this war-torn country and it turns out she's just an actor. And, and so, uh, yeah, this is one of those things that uh, the ability for the Hollywood types, like Sean Penn, for example, to be able to create and with, with the technology, advanced technology, to be able to create fake footage, uh, the special effects and everything, this is a propaganda war more than anything else. I'm sure there's a special operation going on. They're, they're getting evidence for the bioweapons. I'm looking forward to more evidence uh, being released. But uh, yeah, I, I, I now, I don't know where to go because you can't even get Russian today, uh, you know, on any social media or, or anywhere. So you have to like go to russiatoday.com, I guess, to get even the official state media from Russia. But where do you go? to get the people on the ground, their perspective. Well, you know, that's the interesting thing is um, they are given the perspective and it's being heavily censored. And a lot of the Ukrainian citizens are coming out saying that the Russian soldiers are helping them evacuate, helping them get out of there. And that it is the Ukrainian Azov, the, the Nazi battalions out there that are dressing up as Russian soldiers and attacking their own people. Now, if we're looking at what's happening out of Ukraine, what's coming out of Ukraine, the information that's coming out, Russia's propaganda, you know, Russia does propaganda too. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they put out propaganda, but Russia has been very, very clear, transparent about what is happening in Ukraine, that this is all BS, what's happening. And they're absolutely right. I mean, you had the Ghost of Kiev video footage, which was from a video game. You have um, Zelensky walking through the hospital, going to congratulate a, uh, a soldier who was injured with a doctor right by his side who passed away three months ago or two months ago. You have the, you know, Miss Ukraine with an airsoft gun. You have Fox News running uh, footage of Ukrainian soldiers with cardboard guns. None of the footage is real. It's all fake. And so this makes you think how big or how massive is this psychological warfare campaign? that is being perpetuated, not only on the American people, on the global citizenry. How big is it and how long has it really been going on? I mean, if you go back to other wars, other skirmishes, other events, global events that have happened, you gotta wonder if they were all perpetuated under the same guise, under the same psychological warfare precent in the sense of propaganda and disinformation. And this is exactly how they've worked for years. So what we're seeing right now, Sean, is the whole world is watching. You can't show the people or you can't tell the people, you have to show them. 
them. And people are waking up to this nonsense, to this BS, to everything that's been happening. I just saw a Snopes article. And it was talking about how Zelensky wasn't wearing a Nazi Iron Cross, but instead this was a Nazi military symbol adopted in 2009. And if you look at it, it it's a direct result of the Khazarian Mafia's symbology in the Iron Cross, which are the Nazis that basically stayed there in Ukraine after they were given immunity by Alan Dulles in the um, Nuremberg trials, right? That rose up and took over the Khazarian Mafia's. I mean, this is ridiculous. Oh, that's not, that's not the, the, yeah, the, 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 fa- the yeah, fact checkers, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fact checkers uh, have certainly changed their tune pretty quickly from saying there are no Nazis to, okay, they are Nazis, but they're, they're just, just a small a group to no, these are the, these are the good Nazis, you know? These are the good uh, Nazis. So yeah, they can't, <laughs> they can't get their facts straight, but yeah, I think you're onto something here that this is more than anything, just like COVID it's a psychological campaign. It's a psyop. You know, it, it's not. A, it wasn't a real uh, pandemic. It was a psyop, and, and this isn't a true war. When you have only five thousand, about a week or so ago, you know, Russia put out their casualty numbers. It was five thousand of theirs have died. Um, this, when you when you think of the way they make it out to be on TV, like this is the most bloody. Like people are dying everywhere. Uh, you know, the Batman of Kiev supposedly k- killed 100 Russians himself by jumping around on rooftops. Uh, so to know the only five, I mean, every loss of life is tragic, but but to hear a number that low for, for the perception of the PSYOP is that um, this is a super deadly war. Uh, it, it's interesting. So there's a big disparity between the reality and the perception here. And it makes you wonder, how can you break through it? I mean, we're following what a handful of people on on Telegram to try to get the truth about what's happening uh, on on the ground in, in Ukraine. It's been so hard to get the reality. Uh, are there any certain sources that, that you recommend for people to to check out? You know, I, I recommend keeping in touch with alternative media because. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Laura Logan the other day, but she came out talking about the, the Nazi battalions in Ukraine, how, the history of it, how it formulated after World War II. This is what we've been saying for for weeks now. Um, and, you know, follow alternative media. That is your best bet. Turn off Fox News. Turn off CNN. Turn off all that garbage that is sponsored by the multinationalists, that is produced by the multinationalists, that is scripted news. And, and start focusing your attention on shows like this and my show at redpills.tv, The Daily Dose, because that's where you're going to start to find the real information, the real truth coming to the surface. And we're very transparent on how that actually happens. I mean, at Red Pills TV, Sean, what we do is we put out that information and we reference it and source it and actually publish it later in a recap so people can go back there and check it out and validate it themselves. I mean, we have a motto at the Red Pill Project simply is never believe anything anybody tells you, no matter who they are, what authority they profess, unless you can prove it with your own volition, through your own research and through your own experience. And that just goes for anything in this world is never believe anything unless you can go out there and you can find that source information. You can find that that horse's mouth and you can prove it and validate it yourself. Now, there's some things that are going to have to be left to speculation, but you can make those connections. You can pearl string the narrative along and get a really, really 40,000 foot view of what is happening in this world, man. But I, I urge. People yeah, well, to we go have out had there. journalism. Uh, journalism is dead, and so now we, the people, have to become citizen journalists. They're like well, journalism I, is control. You know, we, we, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, traditional journalism where you, you go and study and then you work at the New York Times and, yeah. you know, that that is over. And, and we are finding just through the method that you described, people researching for themselves, we're getting closer to truth. And, and we have more information than ever, right? I mean, so yeah. that's the interesting part is that we're able to do that decentralized kind of hive mind uh, collective intelligence and we're able to find out a lot of truth actually very, very quickly that way. Uh, so yeah, make sure you're, you're following Josh on, on Telegram and, and Gab and uh, Truth Social and all these different places. We're gonna put links below. You can check them out on redpills.tv. Thanks for joining Josh Reed of the Red Pill sure. Project. We're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, I'll give you the final announcements. Hello everyone, this is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income that you can never outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits, which annuities do in fact offer, it can be confusing choosing which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you to select an annuity that is right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Cleveland Insurance Group. Thank you for watching American Media Periscope, America's Patriot-only super channel. On March 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, James Grumvig and Scott McKay will be leading a remote town hall event on Zoom. You can call in, you can ask questions, they'll answer them. It's for premium subscribers only, so make sure you sign up on our homepage. On April 1st and 2nd, John Michael Chambers will be joining Mike Flynn and a host of other leaders of the Great Awakening in Salem, Oregon for Clay Clark's Reawakening America Tour event. You can also watch remotely from home. On Monday, I'm sorry, not on Monday, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern right here on Making Sense of the Madness, I'm going to interview a Pfizer whistleblower. She worked for Quality Assurance and what she found was shocking irregularities that ended up getting her fired when she spoke out about it. Up next tonight, we do have the Patriot Street Fighter, Scott McKay at 7 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you get my breaking news updates at seanmorganreport.com. And God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.